Proverbs 3, 1 through 12. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your, with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, and as a father, the son in whom he delights. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. It is good to be here again. I'm sorry I couldn't bring my family with me. They had duties and readings in church uh, down in, uh, oh, well, up, up in New Jersey. Is it up or is it over? Yes. yes. Thank you, John, for the clarity you brought to this morning. I will expect it every time. That is wonderful. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, as we look to your word, as we look to this passage that many of us may know, maybe even by heart, May we still encounter you fresh and anew. We seek you, Lord. We want to rely on you. We want to hear your voice. And so guide us this day and the days to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, Happy New Year. I know I'm a couple weeks late. But um, ah, that beautiful New Year's time where we just arbitrarily start things fresh and new for no reason at all. Where some of us are compelled to add on new uh, goals and expectations for the days to come that, again, have no they're just arbitrarily chosen. Does anybody still practice New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand if you do. Okay. Those of you who do, do you ever follow through on them? I have never met a resolution that I can't forget in a few weeks' time. So, uh, oh, actually, that's not true. I did have a New Year's resolution a few years ago never to do another resolution, and so far I've been doing well. I've achieved that. But I thought this passage would be an appropriate one for us to look at both for the New Year's, but also in the context of where Kenneth Square Presbyterian Church is at this time, in this time of transition, this time of unknown, this time of uh, next chapter. And sometimes we can take a look at the future and forget where we are. And so with that in mind, I wanted to just turn to the, to the wisdom of Proverbs. Uh, to some verses that are maybe more familiar than others to us. The key central part of this little wisdom excerpt at the very beginning of this text is that verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. 
That goes really well on nice posters with kittens and flowers. That's a nice, wonderful short verse that we can have in Vacation Bible School to memorize. That's a verse that you can actually meditate on, remember, and strive to etch into the very fabric and core of your being. I told my mother that I was preaching this text, and she said, that is my life verse. And that really touched my heart, because one, how did I go this many years and not know my mother's life verse? But two, what a neat and beautiful testimony that is to striving to follow Jesus. That she made the verse that's central to her, one of her, instead of life verses, I call them anchor verses. There's these certain key texts that kind of shape and form how we view the Christian life and how we view our place in this world. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. That really is the centerpiece that begins with, my child, do not forget my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life. The one thing that we need to know and remember about Proverbs is these are not promises as much as they are rules of thumb or axioms or truths. Because we all know that there may be times where you might do right with your money and do right with your life, and calamity still might befall you just as it might befall any and all around you. I'm sure any believers that have wakened up in, in the Ukraine in the past year have sometimes been able to ask the question, God, where are you? Where is your justice? Where is your presence? If you'll notice on the front of the bulletin, I like that you all have the room for a little quote. The problem is I, I had a quote from a prayer that was a lot longer than I could fit in, so I left you hanging. I think there's a name for the dot, dot, dot. Is that ellipsis? I left you with an ellipsis. It's a prayer from Thomas Merton, his serenity prayer, or the Merton prayer it's referred to, if you ever want to look it up. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. Dot, dot, dot. Ooh, what a cliffhanger I left you. I don't know if this is a normal reading of the text or just a, well, the version I bring to you. When I hear this and I, I, I look at this language, it says, a father to a son, a parent to a child, remember my teaching and, that, and life goes a lot better for you. And if you've ever raised a child, you know that is a, the central key beginning of wisdom. Children, listen to those who've already lived. Listen to those who know you and love you and care for you. Listen to those who give you instructions, and life will go better for you if you just listen and heed the wisdom and the directions. And then he goes into this word of covenant language, let love and faithfulness. In the Old Testament, this love and faithfulness were often combined together. This isn't just merely the love and faithfulness as words, but combined together, they, they echo the weight and power of God's covenant with his people. Let the covenant faithfulness and covenant love never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. And that's not a, to be literal, but that is to mean to etch God's ways into your life that it becomes who you are. And when I think of this text, I, I think of a tornado, actually. And that's an odd twist, I guess. But the, I was a youth director out in Xenia, Ohio, for a lot of years. 
1974, one of the worst tornadoes to ever sweep through our country hit Xenia, Ohio, head on. That day, across from Arkansas all the way up north, there was a hundred and some, seventy-some tornadoes in, through one storm. And this one happened to be an F5, the strongest, a mile wide. And it obliterated the town. Then in 2001, when I was a youth director in the town, along this same path, but much narrower, came an F4. And when it hit, it hit right in the middle of youth group. The sirens went off, and if you are living in Xenia, Ohio, and you hear a tornado siren, well, there's a memory. Even if you didn't live through it, you always heard about it. Thirty years later, I was getting a haircut, and the barbers are still talking about, town sure has changed since the tornado. It left its mark. So there we are, we're in a tornado town yet again, and I was prepared to talk to my students afterwards to, to deal with the trauma of the calamity. But here's the interesting thing. These kids were not phased. My students were not suffering from the trauma because they bound their understanding of who they were and what was possible. They bound and wrote on their hearts already an understanding that God is still present. God did not forsake them, even though a tornado swept through town. It was awful. It was hard. But if anything, they were thankful there wasn't more loss of life. My students were equipped because beforehand they etched in the words and knowledge of God into their lives. And I was so impressed by that. And I was so impressed not with who they were as like, wow, you're wonderful, amazing people. You're just unique. I, I was more impressed with the process of when we understand the truths of God and we make them a part of who we are before we enter into trial, we tend to be able to carry through it a little bit better. We tend to be able to process what's happening around us with a little more clarity. We tend to not have quite as many freak out moments, although they're still all possible, aren't they? Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And that leads us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Of course, in my research, you, you might guess that occasionally I might come across, well, what did Tim Keller say about this? And he gave a nice little video devotion. You can find it on the Google. It'll, it'll bring it up for you where he talks about how Jesus himself, quote, 10% of the words attributed to Jesus are him quoting the Old Testament, him quoting the scriptures. Tim Keller is wisely and accurately saying, don't build your life off of your understanding, your perspective, your knowledge, but build it off of your understanding of the scriptures. Know the Bible, know the scriptures. Build it so that when the calamity happens, you're not as phased as you might have been. When the decision has to be made, you have the, the rubric of God's ways built into your life. Now, this is where I throw, come along and throw my twist on it. That is great. We could sit here and talk about, let us, in this time of transition for Kenneth Square Presbyterian Church, make sure that you're just leaning into the word of God. Make sure that you're leaning into the truths that God is faithful and will not leave you, that even though there's some, been some curveballs in the plannings, the last time I was with you, if you might remember was the last summer Sunday of the sabbatical leave. And we were all celebrating that your uh, pastor and pastor's wife were returning. And then I believe after that, you got a bit of a curveball not too long. 
Is that correct? We didn't know that was coming, did we? So then that leads us into the question of, especially since many of us might be the type of people who like, um, what do they call it, order? I mean, after all, you are Presbyterian. For those who are new to being Presbyterian, let me just tell you what the, the, the tagline of being Presbyterian is, because I am not historically Presbyterian. I was not raised Presbyterian. I was raised United Methodist and then Bible Church and then all this other thing. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Protestant mutt, so to speak. When I became a Presbyterian, somebody leaned over and said, everything done decently and properly in order. And I said, sure, that makes sense. I didn't realize that was the thing that they say. We're Presbyterians, everything done decently and properly in order. It is the spiritual theological equivalent to get off my lawn. We love order. We love a sense of knowing what's coming. We love a bulletin. <sighs> in my former life, I used to be mean to some of my interns. I, I, I confess, I was mean. I knew that they wanted to know what was coming next when we were heading off to summer camp. But I thought one of the best ways that I could help them grow was to tell them nothing. <laughs> I almost had one walk off, I tell you. He, he told me, I almost walked off. Because I, I said, okay, we arrived on Taylor University campus and it's a fairly large spread out Midwestern campus of a university. And I said, um, go find where they're passing out the keys, the lanyards, and the booklets. And he's like, okay, where is that? And he's like, well, if I knew, I would go get him. It's on campus. Where? I'd start that way. He almost, he almost walked off. Luckily, he didn't, and he stuck around, and he actually met his wife through us, and that was, it's, a, it's a blessing. Now he's in New Jersey as a youth pastor. He's doing great. But we like order. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on, on your own understanding is really a comforting, beautiful verse when we know what to expect. But does this verse tell us that we will know what to expect? If you ever notice, take a look through this whole section. It's all about living in the present, not in your knowledge of the future, right? Live in the present. Don't forget today my teaching. That will bring your life goodness. Bind love and faithfulness to your around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart today. Not a once that you've done it in the past, but a continual repeating, bind God's love and faithfulness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When? That one time when you started this uh, course? Or do you wake up anew and have to choose to trust the Lord today? Right? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Oh, that's something that you can check off a box. Oh, I've already done that. I was not wise in my own eyes. Don't have to revisit that ever again. No. Let us choose to do that today. Let us choose to fear the Lord today. Let us choose to shun evil today. Let us give generously today. We don't just give once and let it be once and for all. And we don't despise the Lord's discipline because we recognize that the Lord disciplines those just like we who love our children discipline our children because we don't want them to be raised up into village idiots. It's a loose translation, but I think it's in the Greek. (laughs) 
God is present with us, and he wants us to trust the process. He wants us to rest in him. He wants us to walk with him day after day. And so this is where I bring my twist to this scripture. We could go to the Tim Keller version where we just extol, uh, encourage you to read the scriptures, memorize the scriptures so you can live out the scriptures. And my question is, how do I know I'm understanding the scriptures? How do I know that I'm, 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 I'm not leaning on my own understanding, but just calling it God's word? or calling it God's ways. We can look at history. How, how often have people taken scriptures and twisted it for their own vantage point? How often have we seen people misunderstand the nature and reality of God's grace and mercies and just call it faithfulness when it's really self-serving? How do we know which side of this that we're on? Well, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. Which would you like first? Good? All right. The good news is similar to the bad news. You don't know, totally. <laughs> you and I, on our own, do not know. I've heard people say, all I need is the Bible and the Holy Spirit, and I can live this life. And I don't think that's the way God left it. That's why God clumped us together in communities called the church. He called us to be part of his family. He took those who were far and brought us near. He took those who were distant and made us close. He took those who were enemies and made us friends. Those who were dead and made us alive and yoked us, united us together in Christ. But together is one of the keys to how we are going to walk this journey. You are going to need one another together as you face the next chapters of what it means to be part of this church. I heard that four of you joined the church on the last day the pastor was here. Thank you, brave souls. I won't ask you to stand, but I appreciate you. My wife just joined a church, and two months later, the pastor left. She's like, well, thanks, Ryan, for letting me know that. And I'm like, does it make a difference? She's like, well, no. Just would have been nice to know. Sure, would have. How's that for a response to God? Dear God, it would have been nice to know. <laughs> it does remind me of when I was a kid. And for those who are, those who are younger, there's a lot of you who are going to relate to this story, and a lot of you, there's these things we used to have that were called atlases. They were folded up and shoved underneath the seat of a car, or they were shoved in that pouch in the back that you have all your snacks and videos and everything. Now, we didn't have videos. We just had a pouch for an atlas, and that atlas was your friend. I love the atlas. I love skimming through it. I love learning about it. I love maps. I think they're great. I think they're the coolest things. But we didn't just get to punch it up on a phone because we didn't carry our phones. They were too busy being attached to our walls. <laughs> so we had the Atlas. And when I was 17, I was tasked with taking a group of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes leadership because there was no adult that could drive us up to our, our summer camp, our leadership camp. And so I, at 17, was given the task, drive the family van with six other people from South Florida to Georgia from the Tampa side over to St. Simon's Island on the, on the East Coast side. And so I had to start north, and, I, and then I had to zig, and then zag, and then zig, and then zag my way across central. If you've, have you ever driven? I'm not talking Orlando. I'm talking real central Florida. You hear banjos in the air. You might end up missing and never to be seen again. 
There are some small towns that you, have, that you don't think they've actually seen civilized world. It's, it's a different world. And so I was given this map that not only gave me all the possible directions, but then my dad did the almighty, good, wonderful thing. That the answer to, it would have been nice, he brought out the yellow highlighter. I took 47 different turns across from Venice, Florida, up to St. Simon's Island, but I made them all because I had a map and I had the highlighter. And God, why don't you use a highlighter? (laughs) How many of you would have loved to know whether you should do this job or that job? To move to this state or that state? To, To date this person or marry that person? How many of you have loved to know what your calling was a little sooner? Rather than having to actually just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, oops, lean not on your own understanding. You see, God's given us a community. God's given us a presence. God's given us today to trust him. To not fuss and worry and fret about the future. To not try to um, control it so that we can look to the bulletin of our life and know what's coming next. For some of us, that's very irritating. We wish that God would be a little bit more orderly and a little bit more Presbyterian. But he's a little wild and winsome at times. And he just gives us today. Going back to that quote that I left you hanging at the very top of your bulletin is the prayer from Thomas Merton. It's a, it's a version of a serenity prayer. If you know the serenity prayer, may God give me the ability to, you know, I, I'm terrible about quoting things. Some of you are like, you can't quote that seriously? Why'd you bring it up? <laughs> but give me the ability to deal with what I can deal with and the strength to let go of what, that which I can't deal with. And here's Thomas Merton's version. He says, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> That's a great way to start out a prayer, by the way. Because even if I think I know where I'm going, I don't always truly know where I'm going. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. That's a humble prayer. That's an honest prayer that even at our best moments where we think we are doing the Lord's work and the Lord's will, we, we may be kidding ourselves, but that's, not, that's where I left it for you. But here's how he continues. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I'm doing. And I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road. Though I may know nothing about it, therefore, I will will trust in you always. Though I may seem lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me. And you will never leave me to face my perils alone. As we walk this life, as you walk, I, I speak of the situation of this church being at a time of leadership transition. But I'm pretty certain that that's not the biggest thing, the biggest fear, the biggest worry on all of your plates. 
that probably consumes a couple of you. Maybe adds a little more work on a few more than a few others. But I think there's things with your families and with your jobs and with your health that might be a, a greater burden, a deeper worry that you're carrying. But you come in on Sunday and we'd say, trust the Lord. You might feel a little more lost. Just know. Just know that even though you may know nothing about what tomorrow brings, trust in the Lord today. Wake up again and renew that trust. Trust in the Lord tomorrow. Even if you seem lost and even if you might be in the shadow of death, do not fear, for God is forever with you. He will never leave us to face our perils alone. I hope that's a good word. That's the good news. That God understands this journey. God knows your concerns, your heart, your worries. And I think Thomas is right. I think that even if we're doing something and are a little out of step with God, I think he is pleased by the desire to please him. I think he is pleased by the desire to know him and to follow him and to do what is right. So let us all just join with that prayer and hope that what we are doing and what we are blessing and what we are giving over to the Lord is in fact from the Lord. Because I have other good news. If it's not, he'll make your path straight anyway, won't he? Let us trust in that, that God is present and will make our path straight, even if we're not sure where we are. Amen? Lord, help us to walk with you, help us to follow you, help us to trust you. Help us to not be dissatisfied with, uh, wouldn't it be nice? But instead to be satisfied with your presence and your promise that you will never forsake us and that you will fulfill all that you started in us. So Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to be open to you and what you're doing with us in this time, in this day, in this journey, because you love us. We trust this in Jesus' name. Amen.